Uh, I don't expect you to get it uh, perfectly. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, with Rebecca Basare, Refugio is the short film. Uh, it's about the, uh, this gentleman named Sergio, who is an environmental engineer, veterinarian student. And he's an activist, I guess, in Bolivia. It's 10 minutes. It's really short and sweet. And it's kind of a perfect kind of allegory to like many things in our society. So terrific film, Rebecca. I just was curious, like, where did you first meet Sergio? And when did you decide, let's make a film about him? Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually met uh, Sergio through Vicky. Vicky Osio is a friend of mine, and she and Marcelo Levy are the people who run the sanctuary in the jungle. And when I decided to go back home, I knew I wanted to make a documentary about what they do and the work that they do down there. And they introduced me to Sergio. And then, so then, when so the just when you when you introduced to Sergio, when how did you kind of broach the subject of like wanting to do a film about him? Yeah, I mean, he was great. He, um, you know, I told him that the reason I wanted to make the film was to bring awareness to a lot of the issues that are going on in Bolivia with uh, the illegal wildlife trade. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's at the time and every year there's wildfires that are just devastating um, the country, but also endangering the biodiversity of our country. And so you know, we have a lot of bad news um, when it comes to documentaries and media and stuff like that. So I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and celebrate the people that are doing good work in Bolivia, but yes. also at the same time, bring awareness to to those issues. And yeah. he was 100 uh, percent on board and extremely, extremely uh, collaborative. Um, so it was actually incredible to collaborate with him. So it's like an, the individual emotional journey of one person kind of like, but having a kind of macro kind of allegory or like kind of the theme what's happening in that country, I guess, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, the thing that we connect to in documentaries are characters and, yeah. and personal stories. So I, I wanted, it was really important for me to find someone that, um, you know, would be a good representation of, you know, not just Bolivians themselves, but the people that are that dedicate their entire lives every day they work to you know either rescue animals or bring awareness or try to uh bring initiatives uh so that we are protecting biodiversity in bolivia and he was the perfect character in my opinion and when i told vicky what i was looking for um she was like oh i have the perfect person for you you gotta go meet sergio and i just have so much admiration for him um i mean when at the time he must be almost 30 now when he told me he was 27, just the incredible things he had already accomplished and the way that he navigates the laws and the country and how, you know, <clears throat> he's an environmental engineer, but he was also studying to be a veterinary student yeah. or he was a veterinary student at the time studying to be a, a veterinarian. He just graduated recently. Um, just the ambition and the passion and how gentle, but also fierce he is um i just fell in love with him it was he was the perfect character well you start the film right out like he's like you kind of introduced kind of the area where he's at he's walking down the street finds a dog that needs help picks up the dog tender brings the dog home takes care of it then you can see there's other animals there i think you got all the audience <laughs> like right like the first minute of your film i think you basically everybody was was involved emotionally involved and liked this character right away the way the way he was even carrying the dog you can tell that there it wasn't a facade like he knew what he was doing and it was like he really cared about these animals 
So I think you hooked it the audience like right from the beginning. Yeah, no, I mean, he made it easy. I mean, I was hooked the minute I met him. I, was, I just felt so lucky because you, in documentary filmmaking, you never know. Um, yeah. Sometimes you think someone's going to be a good subject and then they're either camera shy or, you know, a lot of things can happen and unfold. But immediately I just felt incredibly lucky uh, and, and also lucky to know him and meet him. And I want to continue working with him. And um, I think people should invest in not just Senda Verde, you know, they're completely based on donations. Uh, they don't get any support from the government, but yeah. people like Sergio or Vicky or Marcelo, I mean, you know, they inspire people, but they also need investment to continue doing the work that they do. There's like a line that he says when you're interviewing him. It's like, you kind of start with a nice voiceover and then you kind of go right to, to his interview, which kind of like matches up. And he says, because watch seeing these animals make, make makes you want to cry but crying doesn't help the animals <laughs> and it kind of defines who he is in yeah. a nutshell. It's like, yeah, I can, I can play self pity about the animals, but does, what's that going to do? I can say poor animals, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to try to help as much as I can, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's an excellent um, observation because that's, that's pretty much the core of who he is. You know, he's very sensitive, but he re realizes that a lot of people are sensitive to these issues, but um, how many people are actually doing anything about it and you know it's another thing he said he's like actually a lot of people are but more people could be doing you know more about it and it is sad but crying is not going to do anything so yeah. it's to work you know and i love that about him so how did you structure the film did you kind of have a goal of like what you wanted to say thematically or did you kind of just like or did you follow him around for a week like what was how did you kind of set it up um a lot of the times i like to start with a general structure that you know becomes malleable and flexible and sometimes you just throw it out of the window depending on what happens so i did start with a structure knowing that you know i wanted to hit certain themes you know i wanted to a find a character that would represent um you know the different types of characters i met throughout my life who do this kind of work someone that would be a good representation of that that was sergio Vicky, I think, is like the matriarch, right? Which she's so incredible. I mean, I, I just admire her so much. And um, every time I talk to her, I just, she just, she blows my mind. I don't know if I can find any other eloquent way of explaining <laughs> the way that she inspires me, but she really is um, incredibly uh, knowledgeable. She works tirelessly, you know, and her and Marcelo have been married for a long time, but they started the sanctuary um, early on as you know they wanted to get into ecotourism and have people come out into the jungle and appreciate nature for what it was and they started uh kind of in that line of work where you know they built the cabins out there and they they would invite people out there to have um you know alone time in nature and it wasn't like a, a super fancy hotel or anything like that it's just like you know if you're going to come out here so that you can learn about uh the beautiful biodiversity that we have out here so you can appreciate nature and maybe want to protect it. And so they were always interested in that work. But then a tourist found a the way they told me the story, not to get too into it, because then I'm going to start talking forever. But this tourist found a monkey that um, in, the, in the town that's near um, where they're situated, which is Coroico. And he was being held captive and he was in really bad shape. And so he offered to buy the monkey and then brought it to Senda Verde and said, listen, I got to go, but I felt felt really bad for this animal. I don't know what to do with him. What do you, what do you guys think we should do? And so they, they were like, we'll take care of it. So they 
took care of the monkey. They, you know, they rehabilitated him, uh, got him back to health. And, you know, they would, they would do that with animals around the area a lot. And then word got around and people started just dropping off animals, like more and more of them. Sometimes people would leave a box and ring the bell and then leave and just leave animals there. And so they were like, you know, I think we just need to rethink our mission here and what we're doing here. Uh, why don't we convert this place into a sanctuary? It, it seems to be that's what there's a need for in this country. And we want to help animals. And that was their passion to begin with, was nature and animals. And and so they kind of started on that journey many years ago. And so I wanted to tell that story, but I also wanted to, it's it's a lot, right? It's like, yeah. there's so many things to say in so little time. Um, there's the, you know, the politics of the country, there's wildfires, there's illegal wildlife trade, uh, and then the incredible work that these characters are doing. And also you want to give them each a moment in the film so that you can at least get a sense for who they are and the work that they're doing uh, all in 10 minutes. So the way that I did it was, I know I want to tell these stories, but I'm just going to take my time. I have, it's self-funded, you know, um, I had funding from loved ones and, and friends and myself, and it was self-funded. So I knew that the time, the thing that I had, even though I didn't have the money, um, or even like fancy equipment or anything, I knew yeah. that I had to give myself time. So I spent two weeks and I filmed for two weeks straight with a Bolivian crew. And we worked every, every day and we filmed every day and we kind of became flexible to where they wanted to take us and what they wanted to tell us. And, and, and then it took me a year to edit it because I cut like five different cuts. And I was like, no, this is not feeling right. I have to go in this direction or this direction. And I mean, that's the thing that I had, you know, when you don't have money, you yeah. do have to give yourself the time to structure something and to tell the story the best, the best way you can. Yeah. It's like they, they, they ever heard that triangle, good, cheap and fast. Exactly. In order to be yeah. good, in order to be cheap and good, it can't be, it won't be fast. Right. So, but Absolutely. gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the quite, okay. So you said all in 10 minutes, but the quite, the quite the question that people want to know then is like, why not? if you had the footage and you had like the people like these characters and you had these bridges to these deeper stories, why didn't you make the film longer? Um, I think I didn't, I didn't make it longer cause I know people have a short attention span. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to have the money to uh, market it necessarily. So I knew it was more of a, of a festival uh, film to make. And a lot of these festivals are short films, right? So yeah. I was like, I want to market it as a short film. I want to be able to share it with people quickly that one of the biggest goals of the film was also to, you know, for people to be familiar with the organization and the issues in a short span of time, yeah. but also um, to be able to raise money for the organization. And so I think that in my head, at least at the time, you know, it's like the most efficient way of doing this because of the budget, because of where it's going to go and the festivals it's going to go to um, and the goal of the film uh, I think a short format is what makes sense for this. Uh, and then maybe after this, you know, it can lead to bigger and, and longer projects with, with a little bit more of a budget. That was kind of the awesome. hope as well. So it's all, it's all, it's, I know, I know you're not, it's not like this, but it's almost like a proof of concept documentary of like what, this could be a feature film for sure. hundred percent. Right. It's just that yeah. can, like, it's, it's like you said, it takes time, money and energy to, to accomplish that. So you're kind of like giving people like a, Kind of a teaser of what's happening in in this country with like the fight the fires and the animals and etc i guess right 
Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a teaser in a way. And it's, you know, for me, it was also proof of concept to show what I can do as a filmmaker. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I came up through camera department. I work in Los Angeles. Um, I was a camera assistant for seven to eight years. And now I'm a, a full-time cinematographer. But I'm also interested in producing and directing and telling my own stories and going back to Bolivia and, and telling stories in Bolivia. So this was you know, also for me, the per the the overall goal goal was let's celebrate these people and let's get people familiar with Senda Verde and their mission. Yeah. And then the personal goal was, you know, I want to be able to show what I can do as a filmmaker and hopefully get more funding for similar projects with a similar ethos and and be able to go back home and and do another project in the future. Gotcha. So um, yeah, so I just want to get to your 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 secondary career in, in a second I just want to finish off uh this this film and uh, so basically you shot for like I just want to like so you shot for two weeks you use some of the crew in Bolivia you, you kind of had an idea of the story but then you didn't really totally know but then you just grabbed a bunch of footage <laughs> and like and kind of figured it out in the editing room like how you wanted to like piece it together because like you said you go from from Sergio and then you go from his like then, then the other organization that's like helping the animals. So you kind of so you kind of go from like dogs and cats to like bees and wildlife animals. Which as as an audience member, I don't see it. I don't see it coming. You don't kind of see that. You don't see that leap. And then you kind of like showing the audience, telling what the audience is like, what's happening in Bolivia with the forest fires. Which the Western ignorance is that we don't even know what's happening, right? So you're giving us a lot of information in nine in nine minutes. And so basically, so then you're, so I guess like basically what the long winded question is that, so how you're structuring it, did you just like, did you want to tell all three of those major elements in nine minutes or did you have different versions where you only told one each, I guess? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does make sense. I think I always knew I wanted to tell those story elements. So yeah. in a way the structure was always there, but where it became uh, challenging was I would begin editing and then either Sergio's story would run too long and then I wouldn't have enough time to tell Vicky's story or to introduce Marcelo as a character or even some of the other characters to give a sense of, you know, a, a, I wanted to give like a rounded and diverse um, sense of all the people that are doing this and all the people involved. So it's one of the reasons I included the beekeepers because, you know, they, they live nearby and they do incredible work and they do sustainable work. Um, and it, one of the reasons we went to visit them is because Vicky and Marcelo recommended we we go meet them. And, and it, I think it added a lot of like, you know, it, a night's nice ending um, and just depth to the overall film as far as like giving a sense of, of the different people that are doing this work. Yeah. But not, not to deviate, I guess, to answer your question, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was hard because how how do you spend enough time yeah. without spending too much time with each character? That's that yeah, was the like, hard thing in editing it. It's you like know, you're it was like passing the baton. It was almost like a relay race of like stories. Yeah, it yeah. Was, you know, it was just it was interesting the way it was structured. It's like I'm only saying this from after second viewing. The first time I'm watching it, I was like totally wrapped in in the narrative and everything made sense. And then from a structure standpoint, it was just interesting how you put it together. The one, the one question I'm curious about is that is it's Vicky, right? Vicky, they do the the, the animal shelter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do they sustain that, like uh, financially? I'm just curious, like, because that's a lot of animals and food and veterinarians and taking care of like that's that must take a lot of like money and, yeah. and 
energy. I, I know it's it, it actually um, when I went there and I I see the way that they run the place. You know, they have incredible uh, veter like they have uh, veterinarios better. Uh, veterinaries sorry <laughs> i get mixed up sometimes when i'm switching from english and spanish uh vets they have incredible vets on site um you know they they have people volunteers that come from all over the world they have programs essentially that you know you pay to go volunteer there um but you also get either you know college credit or you get experience um and so a lot of the the money that they get to support the organization comes from uh students it comes from volunteers um and a, a big part of it is donations you know it's just people learning about the organization and they encourage you to go visit so that you can see the work that they're doing and when you go you can see how transparent they are. Um, you know that if you donate to Senda Verde, you know where the money is going to go, and you know that it's going to go uh, completely to to the benefit of of the animals. And they run it in such a way that it's it's extremely uh, humble um, and well sustained. And you know they're also they're also very conscious that um, you know Bolivians have a different level of uh, of income than. Uh, people from different places in the world. So they have different rates uh, for Bolivians if they want to come volunteer and spend time there. They want to make sure that it's accessible to everybody. Um, but, you know, the reality of it is that they need thousands of dollars a month to sustain oh, this place. So they're feeding, you know, jaguars and bears. They yeah. eat a lot of meat. Meat yeah. is not cheap, you know, and they, they need care. And then there's an influx of animals that just keep coming in. And I just got overwhelmed with the thought of, can you imagine having to be responsible for these many animals? And then you don't get any consistent support and you don't get any support from the government. So it really does depend on people talking about them, see sure. people volunteering, people caring. Um, and I was extremely lucky to uh, have one of my friends uh, who works uh, with Netflix. Her name's Corey Allen. She, you know, is a huge believer of, of um, the work that I do, and she's it, incre incredibly supportive, but she was very inspired by Senda Verde as well. So, you know, her and the Netflix team also donated money to, to Senda Verde. And that to me was such an incredible feeling because when people support the work that you do and they, they see, oh, this is really inspiring and, and um, we need to pay attention to this and we need to uh, support and keep um, promoting work like this it's, we need it. We need it all over the world. You know, it's it's a story in Bolivia, but it's an environmental story that I think many countries and a lot of people can relate to. This is this that's a feature film right there. Like what what you just described because you're right from because that's what I was curious. Like from an administration standpoint, just from an organizational level, like from somebody, it's almost they're running a business, right? And just the way you described, like they're bringing in veterinarians from different countries, like someone who's running this operation is very savvy and smart and the way you described like how it just came out of osmosis they weren't like they didn't structure it the structure kind of like was built it's like building the house from you know like they have a room and then all of a sudden people more people are coming in they're going to build more rooms there wasn't like they didn't build the mansion and then like you know what i mean it was just like that's not how you run a business it's like but it's it's that's what i mean it's so it's so interesting the way it was done that's like a and especially in the country as well it's like that's an amazing story like what yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I thank you. And I appreciate you saying that. And it really is inspiring. I mean, even in the film, Marcelo says, you know, what the world needs today is, is inspiration. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what they did for me, which is why I made the documentary. And then the documentary hopefully is also inspiring people. And, and he's right. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's the most important thing in order to preserve the last standing ecosystems that are so precious to us. I think what the world does need is inspiration. So yeah, hundred percent. So we sent the audience to you in the audience feedback video. What did you think about what the audience had to say about your film? Uh, you know, that was really cool because uh, since the pandemic and, and festivals, it was like, it was really, I felt really grateful for, you know, Refugio doing so well in different festivals and getting in all over the world and uh, getting attention, but I didn't really get to participate in any of the festivals. You know, a lot of them were online and, and that was like a whole thing that people had never done before and they were still experimenting with. And it was hard to know how many people are actually watching this and yeah. what are people's reactions. And, you know, like I've been to a festival before where you sit in the audience and you see people react to your film and then you go up front, you talk about it. And then afterwards, people come up to you and they ask you questions. And I feel like that's the magic of a festival, right? Yeah. And with that lacking, um, it was hard to know how people were receiving the film and and whether or not it was having an impact or, you know, and so when I saw the the reaction uh, video, it was, it was actually really uh, inspiring and, and really great to see because it's, it's nice to hear what people think and how it affected them and what worked. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. So I appreciate that. Yeah, people loved your film. It's 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 a really like I said, it's a really great film. It's like we want more, but we're still satisfied with your film. If that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Oh, yeah, Let, let's let's make more films like this. I'm I'm game. I just need the money. What do yeah, we do? So well, I gotta ask you because because uh, you uh, on your according to IMDb, it says that you worked on the shop. And uh, oh, yeah. so, the so the question is, like, if I was TMZ, like, how is LeBron James? Is he a nice guy? Did he treat you okay? How about, did you work with the episode when, um, sorry, I totally flaked on his name. The the guy who just was in a lot of trouble and is anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even yeah. want to say his name. We know what we're talking about. So basically, yeah, 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 we work know. on that yeah. episode. Like, anyways, like, but anyways, yeah. I, like, I was he, working on that show. not mention, yeah. Um, no, it's great. It's a great show to work on. Uh, I've done, you know, uh, several episodes with them. Uh, it's very organized. Uh, LeBron James is awesome. He's, he's, you know, it's not like I get to sit down and talk to him. Course, you yeah, know, we, working, right? we, yeah, we prep a day before and we, uh, it, there's like a pre-light and we figure out our angles and everything. And by the time everyone comes in, they literally come in, sit down, we start rolling. They have, you know, we have the show, we cut. And then they might mingle a little bit, but then take off. So, I mean, their time there is very short. It's like we, we make sure that everything is, is set up so that once they land, we can start uh, recording. Gotcha. Yeah, because some because I think you worked on the episode with like Jay-Z and Bad Bunny. So let's assume that David Beckham, right? So you, mm -hmm. you like, they're busy guys. They, they're not going to sit there for 12 hours and talk, talk shoppers talk about but there's some interesting nuggets in that show like i'm sure that they talk for a long time but there's like interesting insights what people are saying in that show so I, that's what i was curious about how yeah. how kind of how it's structured and how how was the experience yeah no it's it is cool because they do you know it's structured in the sense that again we want everything to be 
set up and easy for them to walk into, but yeah. there is that freedom of them discussing whatever they want to discuss. And um, so there is that documentary element to it, right? That yeah. it can go in any direction and conversations can go in different directions as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun show to work on. Yeah, no, well, congratulations. I hope like, yeah, well, speaking of money, there's, um, you know, <laughs> there's some guys who have lots of money who work on that show. Anyway, right? yeah. yeah, but they're always like, willing that like to invest. You never know, right? That's how the industry works. So yeah, you, so you work as a camera operator and you work as a DP and like in Los Angeles, you're very successful, but you like, I think that you want to, I think you like this, this film, obviously very personal, very passionate. I'm, I'm assuming you want to make more of these type of films, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I do want to make more films in line with conservation. I'm also an underwater cinematographer, so oh, wow. I'm extremely passionate about the ocean and underwater work. And I would love to, you know, I, I toy around a lot between going to the jungle and the mountains and the ocean. But ultimately, that's what I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to conservation stories. I'm drawn to um, telling stories that matter and meeting people around the world that are doing incredible work to uh, fight for you know uh, for I mean just fight for for the things that are most vulnerable right now and that that the animals that need our voice and people and communities that are marginalized and those are the stories that are most uh, uh, passionate about. There's definitely a market for these for these films now like a hundred percent like there's all these streaming services are looking for that type of content right so like uh and I, i'm assuming that like you're you seem very savvy and smart so it's just like being a camera operator where you have to like you're kind of logging in hours for experience and like for understanding of your craft like is that is that what you i guess i'm assuming the more documentaries you do the better it is for you as a as a filmmaker as well right i'm sure you learned a lot from this film yeah yeah absolutely um i you know i think the way that you learn is um through doing different, you know, again, like I told you earlier, I started as a, I started at Panavision when I moved to LA. And so I got, you know, um, I, I started in the camera world more than anything, but I've yeah. always been interested in telling uh, my own stories and, and, and producing and directing, but also just camera just came very naturally to me, you know, being behind the camera and understanding the mechanics of it. And, and the thing that made me fall in love with film in the first place was uh, photography and, and imagery and, and building images and, and lighting and all that. So it came very naturally to me to, for me to follow the, the camera route and, into the industry. And I'm so glad I did because as a camera assistant, you know, you see, you work very closely with with all the key players, you know, the producers, yeah. directors, and the DP. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. And now that I'm um, DPing, you know, uh, even you get even closer to to all those things you learn. And then a lot of the times DPs mm -hmm. are doing a lot of the producing. You know, they might not always get the credit for it, but you are doing a lot of the producing. And so you get a, a lot of experience and understanding of what is needed to mm -hmm. accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, uh, to tell the story and yeah, 100%. To, to the, you know, to the director's vision and all of that. So um, I'm very grateful to have come up through that route and uh, learn all the different roles. Um, to give people context. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to give people context to what you're talking about. You're working on Street Food USA, I guess, the Netflix, Netflix show. It's a cool show. Um, me and my wife love that kind of stuff, like Guy Fieri, whatever. But this is kind of more cooler, I guess, more more diverse. But yeah. uh, but I worked on, I used to PA reality, working on reality shows, as you described. And like, 
Yeah, the DP was they were 100% running the show because they they understood they understood the structure of of what they wanted, what the producers wanted. Then then the confines of the structure, they're they're basically they're not going to ask the director like for a certain shot. You're you're running and gunning and you're like picking up your, your equipment and and getting the getting the shots that you need, I guess, right? And yeah, you're you're all, you're basically directing the episode in many regards. I'm not, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I just want to use that as an example of what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, what well, I think what a lot of the directing and, and street food comes from the story producing, understanding, you know, uh, like Daniel the, did an incredible job of understanding what characters he wanted to bring in and, um, you know, how he wanted to structure the story and what points he wanted to hit in the interviews and where we were going to go and what kind of B-roll we wanted to get. And then once you start filming, it, that's exactly right. It's like, you know, they they have to be able to lean on you to make certain decisions so yeah. that you can capture all the elements of the story they want to tell. And so there's the, the pre-production, the production and the post-production. And, you know, depending on how you grab that camera and like how you react instinctually to how things are unfolding and especially in a documentary setting is you're basically gathering the pieces so that they can tell that story yeah. that they planned for previously so that they can plan 100%. for it, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, congratulations. It was great talking to you. I think this is a really, really solid film. And like I said, it's like I want to see that, I want to see that story on film. I want to, I, I'm sure many people do. And we get to learn about, like, like you said about Bolivia, we didn't even know about, like a lot of people didn't even know about the forest fires and the problems and stuff like that. Cause we're so kind of, especially in North America, we're so sucked into our own little world, right? Like we're doing a podcast now uh, during the midterms and there's no other news except for the midterms, right? Like nothing's going on in the world except for the midterms, according to my my lens, right? From what I'm seeing. So we need, doc basically what I'm saying is we need doc more documentaries like yours. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. And this is this is great. Uh, and I really enjoyed being part of this festival. Thank you.